Welcome to the Legal One podcast, brought to you by Legal One, the leader in school law training in the state of New Jersey. Legal One is part of the NJPSA and FEA family, so we are thrilled to be offering this podcast to you as a way to help you gain a greater understanding of critical legal issues. We want to provide you with convenient, easy access to essential information. Each episode is 30 minutes or less, so it provides a timely way for you to get information. In each episode, we're going to be reviewing critical legal principles based on case law, statute, regulation, or other key guidance. We'll talk about why that issue matters today and how the law has evolved. We'll talk about key steps in working with parents and other critical stakeholders to positively address the issues in question. And we'll give you more information. We'll give you resources so that you can access online courses and other events and know how to get a greater level of understanding of these issues. So let's get started. And thank you so much for joining us for the Legal One podcast. Welcome to the Legal One podcast. My name is David Nash. I'm the director of Legal One program. Today's program is part of a series on addressing staff mental health needs. This series is intended to build upon a prior episode that originally aired on August 16th of this year, addressing staff mental health needs. The series is made possible thanks to the Legal One partnership with the New Jersey Schools Insurance Group, which represents most school districts in New Jersey, and Arthur J. Gallagher, which has grown to be one of the leading insurance brokerage, risk management, HR, and benefits consulting companies in the world and works with a number of New Jersey school districts as part of their work with New Jersey Schools Insurance Group. Of course, our podcast is also made possible thanks to our ongoing partnership with New Jersey PTA. Today's episode is focused on why it matters that we address staff mental health needs and understanding everyone's role in the process when it comes to addressing staff mental health needs and supporting all of our staff members in schools. We're very excited to have with us two wonderful guests today for this important conversation. I have with me Sue Coyle, who currently serves as the Middlesex County Traumatic Loss Coalition Coordinator. The Traumatic Loss Coalition is in every county in the state of New Jersey and works under Rutgers University Behavioral Healthcare and provides tremendous ongoing support for school districts across the state of New Jersey when we have individuals in those districts dealing with traumatic situations. Sue comes to today's conversation with a wealth of prior experience having worked in school districts as a special education teacher, as a counselor, as a student assistance coordinator, as a supervisor, and just brings incredible insight from all of those perspectives. We also have with us today Rebecca Gold. Uh, Rebecca currently works as a Legal One consultant, and we are very excited that she is also now the Assistant Director of Retirement and Benefit Services for the New Jersey Principals and Supervisors Association. Uh, Rebecca also comes to today's conversation with a wealth of prior experience, having served for many years as a Director of Human Resources for two different school districts, and having served in other key administrative roles uh, throughout her distinguished career. So before we uh, move into the uh, conversation about staff mental health, it's important to review a few key legal principles. There is a legal requirement based on both state and federal law for employers, including school districts, not to discriminate against any staff member because of that person's underlying mental health needs. So we've got very strong protections under federal law, under the Americans with Disabilities Act, under state law, including the New Jersey Law Against Discrimination, 
uh, to ensure that there is no discrimination just because an individual may have underlying mental health needs. There are many other laws that also can come into play depending on a particular situation that might arise related to mental health, including New Jersey's workers' compensation law, our various family and medical leave options that are available under state and federal law, and New Jersey law dealing with tenure and seniority rights, because we do know that there are times where individuals may be out on an approved leave that could be related to mental health needs and potentially still accruing tenure and seniority rights. There is an ongoing requirement under state and federal law to engage in what's called an interactive process and work with any staff member who approaches their employer and is requesting a reasonable accommodation to deal with an underlying mental health need. And employers have a legal obligation when they do become aware of such an issue to work in good faith with the employee to try to provide a reasonable accommodation to support that employee. Of course, there is also very strong requirements under both state and federal law to protect the confidentiality of employee health information. It's critical that employees know that if they are coming forward and asking for support related to their mental health needs, that the information will remain confidential and that there will not be any fear of widespread disclosure. We know that it's foreseeable as we are dealing with a global pandemic uh, that there will be a potential for a significant increase in the need for ongoing support for staff members who may be struggling with underlying mental health issues that could have been created and or exacerbated uh, in some ways related to the pandemic. And of course, many other issues that could have occurred in those individuals' personal lives. As we prepare for today's conversation, we really do wanna think about the role of various players in the school district. So every school district in the state of New Jersey, of course, has a board of education that is responsible for setting district policy, uh, for approving a budget for the district, for appointing key personnel, uh, for ensuring that those policies are being appropriately implemented in the district. So the Board of Education in every district has a very important role to play in making sure that the district is supporting staff members and helping if there are underlying mental health needs that need to be addressed. So it's critical that the Board of Education fulfill that role, put in place appropriate policies, make sure that there is appropriate funding and support, for example, for things like ongoing professional learning. Uh, related to the importance of addressing uh, mental health needs for both students and staff members. The superintendent and other central office administrators also have a critical role to play when it comes to addressing staff mental health needs. Uh, the superintendent needs to ensure that all staff members understand their responsibilities to support all staff and to make sure that we have in place appropriate systems that are working to address staff mental health needs. Of course, the Director of Human Resources in a school district always has a crucial role to play, and uh, Rebecca Gold will review that, having served for many years in that function, um, in ensuring that staff members understand their rights, understand their responsibilities, understand the benefits and supports that are available, and that we do provide effective ongoing support for all of our staff members. Principals and other school administrators on the front lines dealing with our schools 
um, often can be the first line as far as who in the school district becomes aware that a staff member may have underlying mental health needs that need to be addressed. As part of the school district's leadership team, principals and other school administrators have a crucial role to play in making sure that those supports are provided, that when we, when we become aware of any issues regarding staff members, that they know where to go for help and that we are providing that support on an ongoing basis. We always hope that we don't run into issues with potential discrimination claims, with potential disputes regarding whether or not an employee has been appropriately supported, but those do happen. Every district has in place an affirmative action officer who needs to uh, take on the responsibility of making sure that no employee is ever subject to discrimination. And if there is an alleged act of discrimination to appropriately investigate those particular issues. And certainly that can happen with staff mental health needs if they're not appropriately addressed. Of course, all staff members in the school district have a critical role to play when it comes to addressing mental health. As we'll talk through in this series, staff members need to make sure that they're honestly assessing their own needs and recognizing if they need ongoing support and being willing to ask for that help and understanding how to do that. Staff members should be supporting each other, helping their colleagues and making sure that they are providing an appropriate climate for all of us to address underlying mental health needs, whether it's for students or staff. It's important to set an overall climate in each school district in the state of New Jersey. So it's important that parents understand the uh, critical role that mental health plays in everything that we do. Parents own mental health, the mental health of their children, the mental health of everyone involved, including staff members in the school district, and making sure that we're working to do everything we can to create a climate where everyone feels supported and safe and can reach out for help when they need it. So as we think about these issues, I do wanna turn uh, to our wonderful guest today. And Rebecca, I believe we'll start with you. And this might not be uh, the nicest way to ask this question, but Rebecca, can you talk a little bit about the potential for lost staff productivity um, if we do not address the underlying mental health needs of our staff members? The first thing we have to know is that we absolutely have to have compassion and empathy when we're dealing with this particular topic, more than most any other topics. Very different when you speak to somebody about their lesson plan versus their mental health and how they're coping. And so we have to protect people for their own safety as well as the safety of the environment we're in. Most importantly, as you were just saying, Dave, it's extremely, extremely important to make sure that we recognize and support and help people. And how do we do that? The first thing we have to do is make sure that we watch each other. And why would we do this? Somebody might say, well, that's not my problem. But getting back to your question, it is our problem because it's our problem if, we, if staff goes out on leaves, if staff are not doing well, even when they're in attendance, it affects the student's learning, it affects the person, and it affects the productivity of everybody around them because when a staff member is out, 
if we get a sub, and that's a big if in the last year we've been through, if we can even get a sub, is the sub trained to teach that subject? Or are we gonna have a loss of learning for the students? And compounded over the number of years, remember at this point, we're starting our third year with COVID as, part of, as a player in everything we do, we need to make sure that we don't lose learning for the children, that our teachers are safe and comfortable and supportive. Remember, kids pick up on everything. And it's not very pleasant to be in a classroom if somebody doesn't A, wanna be there or is not well enough to be there. And that creates a very difficult environment. So we must look and make sure that this productivity is not affected by our loss of time or loss of people being there and not doing what they do best. Thank you for that, Rebecca. Sue, let me uh, bring you into the conversation as well. So Sue, can I also ask you to comment on why it matters that school districts proactively address staff mental health? Sure, David. You know, individuals working in school settings are particularly vulnerable to work-related stressors. Uh, you know, a pre-pandemic study, the Gallup Health Wellbeing Index, found that 48% of teachers in K-12 settings report high levels of daily stress during the school year. And this level of stress is similar to that of nurses, physicians, and emergency responders. Of the teachers that reported feeling physically and emotionally exhausted at the end of the day, and the stress that educators experience affects their enthusiasm about the profession and longevity in the field, 89% said that they had been enthusiastic about teaching when they started the profession, but sadly, only 15% reported being enthusiastic at the time they completed the survey. So that is a, a really eye-opening uh, study looking at these issues. Um, and of course, when we do have that level of impact on staff members, I imagine it's now very difficult for you uh, to effectively support students who might be struggling with mental health needs. Definitely. Educators and other school staff also can experience the stress of something called compassion fatigue or vicarious traumatization, also known as secondary traumatic stress. And that's defined as the natural consequence of behaviors and emotions resulting from knowing about a traumatizing event experienced by a significant other, or in this case, in the children and parents that educators work with. The stress resulting from helping or wanting to help a traumatized or suffering person. So compassion fatigue can be the result of experience in one traumatic case or a cumulative impact over time. So you can imagine when I say one case, our teachers and other educational staff are experiencing multiple vicarious traumatization because they're working with a whole school community of traumatized children and adults. The impact of compassion fatigue may be particularly acute for teachers working in poor, undersourced, urban and rural communities where students may have been exposed to community and family violence and traumatic experiences. Teachers and other school staff who experience exhaustion and burnout related to their work are likely to have a number of negative physical and psychological symptoms and consequences 
you know, such as emotional numbing, feeling shut down, loss of enjoyment, lack of energy, a sense of cynicism or pessimism, increased illness or fatigue, aches and pains, increased absenteeism and sick days, greater problems with boundaries and difficulty making decisions or making poor decisions. So you can see, you know, how this spirals into negative outcomes for our teachers and other staff. So thank you for that, Sue. Just to build on uh, the points that you're making, uh, Rebecca, let me uh, bring you back into the conversation. For those who don't work in our public schools, um, it might be difficult to understand the process if an employee is perhaps traumatized by what they're experiencing in the work environment, and now the employee has to file for workers' compensation benefits. Um, can you talk about all of the ramifications that come with dealing with an employee who might have been so impacted by what's happening in the workplace that now we have a potential workers' compensation claim? Sure, Dave. If it's okay, I'd like to broaden that a little bit to just apply for any kind of leaves that will help them. When an employee feels that they just can't come to work, it's just gotten to the point where they're not functioning, it's not good, I would like everybody listening to this podcast to know that there's help for them. There's all kinds of wonderful things built into education that will work and help them. There's an employee assistance program where we can reach out to people who deal just like Sue with all of these aspects that we're dealing of mental health and can help people. There are wonderful laws, as you mentioned at the beginning, to protect them. And that protects not only their confidentiality, but their job. Most people feel, well, if I open up and say something, I may lose my job. And that's not true, okay? There are so many protections that are available. Number one, and you spoke about workman's comp, there's leaves. Sure, you may not get your full salary, but leaves protect your job. They protect you coming back and offer you the time and the people that you need to be in touch with to help you and to help you get better, to help you get back to what better may be. There's a different definition of better, okay? But what is it that you need to really be yourself and be healthy enough to come to work and do your job? For the employees, there's, as I mentioned, the assistance program. There are all kinds of leaves that the state of New Jersey has. Workers' comp is available but it depends on what the cause is and how it has to be investigated. And if you can apply, the easiest thing and the most wonderful thing is the 504 accommodation. That starts right in the building. It starts with working with people in your building. Generally, it is the HR director and the 504 coordinator. And you ask for reasonable accommodations. Reasonable accommodations can be everything from a chair to help you sit properly while you teach, all the way through the mental health issues that we speak of, which would be maybe professional development that can be offered that would help, maybe the assistance program that would help and get you involved with doctors or people that can, uh, practitioners that can help you. A 504 can be um, when we were going through the COVID, not right now, but when we were going in the heart of it, teaching remotely so that you can 
allay your fears about the pandemic, but still function and have your salary, have your job. There, right now, every day it's changing, but these 504s, as you had mentioned, Dave, include an interactive conversation between the people that you can trust with confidentiality to say, okay, I wanna speak to you, this is how I'm feeling, what is available to me, what can be done? Sometimes it's as simple as saying a teacher won't get lunch duty because they're afraid of going in the lunchroom with so many children. And maybe a school can accommodate that, but the key word is reasonable. What can a school do to help you? And I want you all to remember that you must explore these options. You don't jump from what's going on in my life to I have to take a leave, lose my um, salary and possibly my job. There are layers and layers of protections, layers of help waiting for you with people like Sue, her organization, our nurses, our wonderful people that are prepared to help you. It is not a simple, okay, I have to take off a six month leave. Now I have no money. Who's gonna pay for my benefits? That's even more traumatic than maybe what's bothering the person right then because nobody can lose their salary and their medical benefits. We live in an environment where those are crucial. And so I'm so happy to say that New Jersey does a nice job. Our schools do a nice job. People like Sue, her organizations, and I'm very grateful and I want people to know that you can't take care of others until you take care of yourself. And what I use with my staff is the example of the oxygen mask on a plane. Okay, they always tell you, put that on yourself first before you go to help the child or help your person next to you. I so use that over and over again for mental health. Help yourself so we can help our kids, help our communities. And I think it's extremely important to explore everything that's there to help you and know that everybody's going to try to help you to keep whatever you need to continue while you get that help. So thank you for that, Rebecca. Uh, Sue, um, let me ask you about the potential ramifications for a staff member who perhaps is struggling with mental health issues and those issues are starting to come out in negative ways in that staff member's interaction. So perhaps a teacher becomes angry in the middle of a classroom discussion because a student may have misbehaved um, and lashes out at the student in some way. Um, can you talk about the significant impact that can have on a student when they are the inappropriate target um, of a staff member like a teacher? Sure, David, and just in general, there's research pointing to the effects of stress, you know, on, and burnout on educators. So, and the impact of not only on the professionals themselves, but the students that they interact with. So, for example, teacher burnout is predictive of student academic outcomes, including being correlated with lower levels of student learning and lower motivation. So imagine that young child in the classroom of a teacher in that kind of an unhealthy state, what impact it's having on that one student, as well as vicariously of the other students that are witnessing that. Also, teacher burnout appears to affect the stress levels of the students that they teach that was found in a recent study explained 
that more than half of the levels of cortisol or a stress hormone that we know is associated with trauma. When students were evaluated in the morning in a stressful situation, their levels were found to go up 50%. So we know that if students are in a classroom environment or some other kind of school environment where they're in the presence of and being overseen by educators that are stressed, there's an, a biological impact that's been proven on students. So, and according to the Department of Health and Human Services study, only 25% of schools offer any kind of stress management education or support for staff in those kind of situations. That is a very sobering statistic um, to realize that so many districts are not providing that level of ongoing support. I want to thank both of our guests for uh, the wonderful insights today as we're talking about these incredibly important issues that have always been important. But given the world events that we are struggling through now, um, it is even more important that we proactively address staff mental health. Uh, today's episode, of course, is made possible because of the ongoing partnerships that we have. So we do encourage you. Uh, to look for additional information uh, from our partners uh, for those who are interested in learning more about the New Jersey Schools Insurance Group. We encourage you to go to their website at www.njsig.org. For those who are interested in more information regarding Arthur J. Gallagher, we encourage you to review Arthur J. Gallagher's website as well at www.ajg.com. Uh, we, of course, also encourage you to go to the New Jersey PTA website at www.njpta.org um, and to review our website at Legal One at www.njpsa.org slash Legal One NJ. Thank you all for the incredible work that you're doing in our schools every day. Be safe, be well, and we look forward to having you on a future episode for the Legal One podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like more information on the topics we covered, a full list of episodes, or a preview of upcoming topics, please visit our website at www.njpsa.org legal1nj.